Welcome to Coach Us, the podcast for hungry web developers. I'm your host, Vincent, and with me is... Herman Gamboa. Hi, guys. So this is our first episode back in probably about almost two years, right, German? Yeah, it's been it's been a pretty it, long it, time. It's been, it's, been, it's been quite a long time. And this is actually a continuation of a of a of a episode we make. I think it was episode 16. It was how to build a software community. And in that episode, we were talking about kind of like one or two of our good friends, Jacques and Brian, who runs Orlando Devs, like a software development community in town, and like their experiences running like an organization of developers in Orlando. And I was also starting like a similar organization in Tampa and we were just kind of exchanging knowledge right then. And that, that was like, that was like in our last episode, right? Or last two episodes, right, German? Yeah, like two episodes ago. That was back in like October of 2021 and it's now March, 2023. So yeah, it's been quite a while and I'm pretty sure a lot has happened since then for us to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So we have a guest, we have a guest on here today and his name is Charlton Trezevant. So uh, Charlton Trezevant is an application security consultant on Xperts USA team. He's passionate about using agile approaches to solving cloud and application security problems. And Charlton's actually my co-organizer for Tampa Devs. And what, would you like to do some introductions on kind of how we met Charlton about like nine months back? Sure, absolutely. So, hey, everybody, it's great to be on Coach Chefs with you all. So, yeah, my name is Charlton Trezevant, and I had the pleasure of meeting Vincent in April of 2022, say right around or right before Easter. and at the time, I had recently moved to the area, so I was based in Seminole. I was just getting ready to hop over to St. Petersburg, where I'm based now in May, and I was looking for a software development community. So I, you know, again, I, I wanted to find my people, as it were. So I was thinking initially of starting my own meetup for application security, which was my specialization at the time and still is, but it's less focused on offensive testing like I was then. And I adopted a defunct application security meetup and just wanted to see if I could bring it back. And then I decided that, no, that's I, I didn't really want to uh, deal with someone else's dead husk of a meetup. I wanted to you know, be part of something that was more vibrant and interesting. So I went back to the drawing board and I, I looked at the list of different meetups that were around on, on meetup.com and I saw... Tampa Devs, and it stood out to me because unlike the other meetups on meetup.com, it was actually branded. Like there was this consistent vision that you could you could actually see on the on the meetup page and so on. And from there I I was drawn to the Armature Works social event that that was happening in that month, and, and that's where I met. Vincent and a ton of other fantastic people as well. And the story kind of evolves from there. Yeah, man. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's how we met about a year back. And, you know, we became really good friends since and have been running Tampa Devs together. And we've been doing, having just like a fantastic blast and just so many different adventures and things we've learned along the way, which we're kind of bringing today. I'm normally traditionally in like these episodes, I'll like like do the moderation for, for the guests. But since I'm also technically the guest in this case, and we're being interviewed, I'm going to hand it off to German to be the the one asking the questions for, for this for this podcast episode. All right, so back to you, German. Sweet, I get to be useful. Um, <laughs> Charlie, you have no idea how much Vincent stressed over making sure the branding for Tampa Devs was like perfect. Like he had like 20 different <laughs> yeah, logos. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Everyone... <laughs> Like, is this logo better? Like, the difference was 
it got to the difference was like one with a blinking eye, one with an open eye, and he, like it was like a week of going back and forth. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not really. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you've experienced that. that. When we we've, we've launched some new sites and, and redesigns and new merch and you know banners and things for our events, all all kinds of places where we've had to apply the Tampa Devs branding, and it's definitely something that. Vincent looks at in excruciating detail, which I appreciate. <laughs> and I, I have a similar level of, of passion for branding. I, I think it's one of the most important things that you can do for a community because it's basically the foundation for everybody's shared identity, right? That's in the group. So I, I really appreciate the level of commitment and, and respect that Vincent brings to the table with the branding. I think that's so important. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so... As Vincent said, this is like a continuation of a previous episode that we had about, oh my God, two years ago, back in October 2021, just regarding like how to start a meetup. And that was like when Vincent was first getting started, right? So I'm pretty sure a lot has happened since then. So Vincent, do you want to give us a recap of all the craziness you've been through in the past okay, year and a okay. half? Okay, I'll, I'll give a recap. Okay, so recap. So I think I was, it was like the second month in, we just hosted like our first talk that I had to present because I didn't have a speaker that day. And we hosted at one of like the big prominent cybersecurity firms in town who is no longer part of our work, but whatever. And I remember like going out and like looking for like, hey, I need sponsors to like pay for food and venue. And I need to, I need people to help me out to 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 run Tampa Devs. And I remember it was like a constant struggle finding like a good organizer to help me run things. And just like the like the amount of work it needed to do for for branding, for getting like the website set up, for doing the social media and it's just like a huge amount of infrastructure just like getting up and running for the first time and there were times where like we were trying out different like recruiting firms and sponsors to, to kind of like help promote our events and we've had our share of like really crazy events since we started i mean i, I got to meet like one of the og founders of the internet apparently <laughs> as, as one of the as one of our potential sponsors like early hey, on in the conversation who, who was it if you can share it was it was like he was on the w3 board and uh, he had like this, like, he had this idea of where he wanted to go with the community. And I was trying to originally like, like acquire old meetups. And I was trying to acquire like the front end design meetup particularly. And that was like a, a meetup that I actually like did talks at with like one of the other like tech communities in town. That's now kind of like not as prominent anymore. I remember talking to that guy and he was like, yeah, we'll sponsor your events. We'll host at the country club and we'll spend like... We'll, we'll we'll have like a bunch of developers in here and we'll spend like you know we'll, we'll get them all like fancy meals well, they, they, they basically pick like the most bougie part in town mm-hmm. and um he's like yeah invite whoever you want we're gonna pay for this entire like five course meal <laughs> and that actually happened <laughs> and then i think they built him it's like eight hundred dollars that, that event. <laughs> and, and like literally like that was like the, the the first time we had like one of our first sponsors on like I'm not sure what the sponsor is looking for. I don't think our, our vision aligns correctly because he's looking for like beta testers for, for like a specific workshop application for his for his software. It's something related to blockchain cryptocurrency. And I really, wasn't, I, really, I really wasn't really on board with that. So I was just like, okay, let me try other places. Let me just cut down overhead. Let's just go with that. And then from then we hosted like, you know, a lot of partnerships with other communities in town. So, you know, we were on the developer community side, but there was also like, the startup incubator side as well. And I got in contact with Embark Collective, which was the incubator. So we were trying to find new venues to host because we just needed some like backup options from where we're first starting in case like one venue wasn't available, another one would be available. 
And uh, that was like a huge challenge starting out is just like getting reliable venues and then setting up like the Slack and learning like how to get people onboarded there. So it was like a whole onboarding flow process. I also had to like literally do like a lot of growth hacking where I just take stickers and throw it everywhere. <laughs> Charlton knows firsthand. And oh, we would just <laughs> we, we, we just flash mob different places to get different people signing up essentially. You're going to blanket it in stickers. Oh, we blanketed stickers and, uh, and yeah, we got we got some we got some kickback at one of our last event at the last event we went to, where it's like, what would they say? <laughs> uh, like, hey, you got you guys can come, but like, don't don't distribute stickers or swag. Wait, so you guys were showing up to like other meetups with like your own swag <laughs> yeah. and just flooding it? Yeah. To be nice. fair, we were community sponsors at the event. <laughs> yeah, we we were we were going hardcore guerrilla marketing like pirate style. Like literally, mm-hmm. and, and people were kind of like at first were like, "Oh, that's cute," because like we're we're like a startup meetup or like a mm-hmm. beginning tech org, basically pirating shamelessly, and that's kind of like that's kind of like part of the the theme in Tampa. It's like a pirate city, so like we're literally we're literally pirates <laughs> in that sense. We're just girl in marketing, and that's I what mean, that, that was. That was a lot of initial growth. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is your logo, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so we were just completely shameless about it. And actually, a lot of people supported the shamelessness. They were actually really all for it. I don't know about now, nowadays, though, but back in the day, it was like, they were so gung-ho for it. They're like, look at these young, 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 young startup community folk, like, doing all these cool things and just being absolutely shameless about throwing stickers. And I think I was also trying to learn how to produce swag for the first time. And I got, I bought, like, three or four different brands of shirts, and they all kind of came out really crappy. And yeah, I eventually got like a contact to like the incubator when someone saw my shirt at like the the package office, and he's like, "Wow, your sh- Tampa does what is that? And like your shirt's all faded out. You know, it looks like you ran this organization for three years. Like it's like kind of like the shirt. Mm-hmm. It looks like you ran it for three years." And I'm like, "No, I just bought a crappy shirt, ran it through two wash cycles." And he's like, "Oh well." Oh, if you need a contact, I know someone at the incubator in town and I was trying to get contacts through there and like, you know, ta-da. <laughs> I got contacts to the incubator. <laughs> so that's literally how that happened. <laughs> moral, moral of the story is if you want to add legitimacy to your group, get all of your first run of shirts printed with DTG, which sucks. <laughs> it will fade after like one wash. Oh my yeah, this is is it as bad as the first round of the code dev shirt that like literally fell apart after one wash? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the same it's the same company. It's from Spreadshirt. <laughs> Don't buy from Spreadshirt. It's the, the quality is really crappy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that shirt made it to one cycle and the logo fell off. It was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay. So question. So out of all that craziness and all the event hosting you guys have done, which has been your favorite event? Well, Charlton, you wanna you wanna you wanna say this one? <laughs> sure. So I'd say that. There have been a few really major highlights for me during the course of my involvement with Tampa Devs. One of those is definitely Tad Hack. That's a whole story in and of itself that we'll circle back to. Recently, we we were at the SIBO Navigate conference in Tampa, and Vincent and I had the opportunity to meet and get pictures with Steve Wozniak, which is oh, just so. mind-blowing. That was <laughs> Oh, that is yeah. really cool. We've had some other really excellent social events that both Armature Works, Spark and Wharf. I there there's there's been a great mix of things that are super fun and things that are just incredibly rewarding 
where you're almost surprised that you've made it as far as you have just through running a community group, like all of a sudden you're staring Steve Wozniak in the face, right? Those sorts of things. Or seeing, you know, when, when we do different reports and we'll do different types of uh, surveys of our members and, and seeing the incredible positive feedback that they send to us in terms of how satisfied they are with the group and, and the different events that we put on to people telling us that they found jobs or we helped them find work when they were laid off and had 60 days to get another job or else they were going to be sent out of the country. Like those types of things where you're really making a genuine impact on people's lives and on the community. And, and there's just nothing like it to see that. I don't know. What do you think, Vincent? No, I totally 100% agree. It's like, it's it's not like the quantity. It's like the quality of people that you meet and, and, and kind of like, I, I guess in retrospective, like you know, one of our friends, Doug, you know, Doug German. Oh yeah. Doug, it was, yeah. It was uh, Doug the one we did the hackathon with like a few years back. Yeah, yeah, we did a hackathon mm-hmm. a year years back, and he was like a friend we met in Orlando, and he didn't know any coding <laughs> at the time, and he was still going to university, and then yeah. he ended up getting a job for the first time, and then I ended up referring to work at our company, so he works at my company now, and like he actually did a presentation at you know one of the Tampa Tev events that we that I that like I was originally creating, so it's like. This 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 whole event only exists because I started Tampa Devs, and because Doug is presenting, <laughs> and I mentored him to that point to like actually, and he's like at this point in his career where he's like actually presenting at Tampa Devs, so it's like it just came full circle, and I'm just like, wow, this is so cool to like see the start of a guy's career, to to, to bring him on to like this thing that I this community I started off with, and then to see it like all like live with like a hundred people, it was just like. It was just surreal. It's like, it's like a surreal experience. There's like so many experiences like that where it's like, like Charlton was saying, like it's just like the connection, helping people find jobs for the first time or if they're like 60 days out and they need to get a job or kicked out of the country. Like we, we've helped like people on more, more than one occasion like actually, actually stay in the country when that actually happens. So it's like, it's a very rewarding feeling to see that person and go, oh yeah, like we helped you, like we helped you in your situation basically. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and yeah, the other thing that's pretty amazing to see as well is we're kind of at a point now in our growth trajectory where we get a lot of outside support from our members and, and people that donate to us, people that work on our open source repositories, things like that. Last week, I closed something on the order of maybe 10 different pull requests from outside contributors on our, our website and, and our different GitHub repos. And it's just kind of crazy looking at that and thinking about, you know, this this is something that Vincent and I had to do completely ourselves. And now it's it's the situation where we can open up an issue on GitHub and someone else will just come in and, and take care of it. It's extraordinary. Or even from a financial standpoint, too, like people are donating real money to Tampa Devs, which is crazy <laughs> because Vincent and I, you know, we've done everything out of pocket ourselves up to this point and so it like even after trying to court sponsors for over a year and we haven't found any companies that would give us any money and at this point we've actually realized that that's a good thing because we don't have to fork over any of our independence to like some external company that wants us to shill for them right but outside of that just the fact that that people love our mission so much that they're really they're willing to give us resources and give us their time and, you know, just rally around the work that we're doing 
you know, that the community is doing, because really it's, it's more than just Vincent and I at this point, it's a whole large group of people. And we have like a volunteer channel in Slack that's got 42 people in it, just folks that are in there willing to help out and, and run point on different uh, things that we, we need help with. And that, that's been one of the most extraordinary things. Is it's, it's sort of like when you're in a plane and it just sort of catches the wind and starts to take off. That's what it feels like. Awesome. So I guess you guys kind of started answering the question I was about to ask, which is, and I guess, I guess the question is, why do this? Like what motivates you guys to actually do this? Because you guys don't have to. You guys are putting in all your time and effort into this. So what's the thing that keeps you guys, what's the thing that made, made you guys want to start? And what's the thing that keeps you guys going? Yeah. I Do you want me to take this, Charlton? Yeah, yeah. So I actually did a presentation at USF literally this past weekend, and I did it partially related to this topic. Although me and Charlton actually did another topic at the conference that we're referring to with Steve Wozniak. But when when I look back at this like top this 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 uh this talk that I gave literally this past weekend at USF, like a university nearby, I had like twenty different students there, and I was giving a talk on like life lessons that I learned from a self-taught coder all the way to like a tech community founder. Right. And I, and I see all these like students there and they just remind me of me. Like they're all socially awkward. They don't know what they're doing in life. They're trying to start their career for the first time. They're trying to get an internship. They're trying to figure they have no mentorship to some degree or they do, but like, they feel like there's not really, there's not the community that's kind of support them. And there's also the aspect of like second career transitioners who are moving from one job to another into tech for the first time and they don't know what they're doing either and that that was kind of like me where i didn't have any i didn't have any assistance early on i was going through the youtube tutorial hell like didn't have support until i found orlando devs and then all of a sudden there was like dozens of mentors like helping me through like any sort of javascript code issues i was having css issues front-end development back-end development like back in those days german remember we're like they called they were, were always in the same meetup space like they called they called they called me Mr. Meetup and they called Dwayne Mr. Meetup, I think, because we were like at a meetup every day on Android or iOS or .NET development, C sharp, front end, whatever. It was like sometimes I had no idea what they were talking about. Like some, I think there was this conversation where we were talking about PowerShell for like an hour and I didn't know what they're what what I didn't I didn't get it, I didn't get it at the end of the day. <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's that it's that uh it's like I, I look back at my career and like I had a lot of help along the way, like a lot of assistance a lot of mentorship through the communities that, that have been kind of there to support the growth that it, that that kind of pushed me to where i'm today and so now that i'm looking back like i'm pretty happy where i'm at my career happy with my life whatever you know i got free time to kill and this is like a very rewarding experience to like give back to the community or pay it back forward to people who might not have had the same opportunities because it's a, it's a city, like a new city of Tampa, for instance. Like if I started my career in Tampa, I would not have gotten as far as if I started my career in Orlando when there was an actual like solid developer community to support the growth of someone who is transitioning for the first time or someone who's going to school and starting their career for the first time. And so it's paying it forward. And I, I, I don't know if you're the same way, Charlton, but that's, that's just kind of like that. That's kind of like my motivation. It's like paying it forward. Sure. And, and from my side, I've always found working with communities and, and helping kind of build educational experiences for people to be an incredibly rewarding way of spending my time. When I was attending the University of Central Florida, I actually ran the student cybersecurity club there 
for two years. And that's a very large student organization, 350 to 400 students on average, you know, between semesters. And I came in just as a regular member who was, you know, just joining the university and, and getting started in my path in the cybersecurity field. And through that organization, I was introduced to all types of incredible opportunities to learn and to grow, network and, and, and see how things are done at real large companies, you know, have peers that are, are working at some of the top companies like Google and, and Facebook and Amazon Web Services. I got to travel because of the, the work that I was doing there, the different competitions. And, and that really left a massive impression on me in terms of what is possible with these types of community organizations when you just have a ton of people who are really passionate about sharing knowledge and they're all part of the same group and they all share this, this mission where they don't expect to receive any kind of financial compensation in return, right? They're just there because they want to be connected with other really passionate people who think on the same level as them, right? And to have that opportunity to educate, but also to learn because they, they just at their hearts are pure lovers of learning and education. It's, it's that same model that we're bringing to Tampa devs. And we're, we're absolutely passionate about education in the same way. We don't, we don't have any fee structure for members. We will never implement one. Tampa devs and the events that we do are always going to be free. And it's no matter what your position is, if you're just getting started as a developer, or if you're well on your way in your journey, you know, you could be a senior principal level developer. We have many people with that description. We have many people that are mid-career, early career, just transitioning in. And it's about bringing all those people together and letting them learn from one another, right? That, that's ultimately what it's about is just building community. I think that's such a powerful thing and, and being able to contribute to that is just exceptional. You know, it, it's some of the most consequential work that I think we could be doing. Yeah, definitely. So just kind of following up on the last thing, just a question. What has been like the most like what has been like the most difficult part of like building a community? Many things. Vincent, you wanna you wanna talk a bit about that? Yeah. I would say the hardest part of building any community is the massive amount of grinding it takes to build one. <laughs> it, it, it's the it's the amount of like tediousness of tasks that you have to do, like setting up events, for instance, like when we post an event on Meetup, for instance, I have to coordinate with the speakers, with the venue, and sometimes speakers fall through, sometimes venues fall through. Sometimes a hurricane blows through and destroys all of your plans, which has happened already. <laughs> and, and then last minute, you're scrambling last minute to find another venue, but they want to charge 400 bucks. And you're just like, I don't have $400. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and then, and then there's all these like issues that happen with event coordination, like like AV issues always happen early on, where it's like, oh crap, I forgot the plug and cable. <laughs> of like we had like thirty items and I forgot the thirty first item, and that that was a problem early on. Um, other challenges have been honestly like following finding volunteers to help out on things because we we've had volunteers hack up, up out on like the hackathon, which Charles will talk about more later, but or just like other events in general. And like they'll just show up and they'll like be like gung ho and like do so- lots of things, then all of a sudden disappear for like six months and then go MIA. And you're just like, man, this is just I can't. I need someone more stable and more reliable. <laughs> I can't just have like a one and done. And then it's like I have to retrain them, reonboard them. So it's been challenging. Just like all these like one off tasks that we have to do all the time. Originally starting off with Tampa devs, 
the most, the hardest thing was honestly just the sheer amount of like mental grinding. Cause like it takes a lot on you mentally if you're just like hosting events all the time. Cause like you get burnt out. And so you have to be like cognizant of your burnout. Like it's like, oh, if I do an event today with 100 people I'm talking to, I don't want to talk to anyone Thursday, Friday. <laughs> and so that's, 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 that's a real thing that you have to think about. And you have to like continuously think about your like burnout status, like make sure you're not burning yourself out. And you're not burning out members too by hosting too many events all at one shot because they also get fatigued from like going to too many events too. So you have to be like cognizant of all that. And then the last thing I'd say is like the massive amount of like grinding on social media for like posting events, advertising it, throwing stickers everywhere. Like I pressed like the follow button on Instagram probably like 5,000 times. And I've sent like 3,000 plus cold messages on LinkedIn, just building the network, inviting people out so I can like do mass invites later on and like have a social media following for students. And like it's worked because like I've walked around in public with a Tampa Dev shirt, like third, third or fourth month in, in Tampa Devs. And like students will recognize the logo. <laughs> They're like, hey, I, I see you followed me. Tampa Devs just followed me. What is this about? And it was just like a random, like you would not believe how many times I get spotted randomly in public. Like, like literally almost about half the time I get spotted in public just when I go off my girlfriend. And like, <laughs> even if it's like an hour away, I just get spotted. Like, aren't you that tech guy that runs a tech? I don't know if Charlton, you're the same way, but that's <laughs> a lot to me. <laughs> we reached a certain point in our growth where I was able to just start telling people, Oh, I, I do stuff with Tampa devs. And then people knew what I was talking about. Simply <laughs> remember when that started happening. And I was like, wow, I don't have to, I don't have to explain Tampa devs anymore. People just know what it is. Oh uh, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Oh yeah. Uh, dude, I, you guys keep talking about the hackathon. Charlton's going to talk about. So what, what was the hackathon? Was it the Tad hacks hackathon? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we yeah. ran a ha- our first hackathon last year, which is called Tad Hacks or Tad Hack, I believe, actually. It's part of a network of global hackathons that are hosted in various cities throughout the United States and the rest of the world. That's all organized by Alan Quayle, who I believe is based in Orlando. Is that right, Vincent? Yeah, I, I believe so. I think yeah. so. Yeah, and and it's more or less like any other hackathon that you'd think of with the stipulation that you have to use some telecom-specific components in the thing that you build. So for our for our perspective, TadHack Tampa was a massive success. We had over 120 people show up. They formed 12 teams. We had great entries of different projects that people built, and we distributed, I believe, around $1,200 worth of prizes. So from from the first through the fourth place. And then also for each scored subcategory, we had different prizes. Uh, it was great. Overall budget was just under five grand. So we were able to put on a decent sized event and it, it actually wasn't terribly costly. I mean, as far as like, you know, the, the degree to which that you could spend on this type of thing, the, there were some unforeseen challenges. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, well, do you want to talk about them? <laughs> Oh my God. You want to talk uh, about so, it or you want me to talk about it? <laughs> I'll talk a bit about this. So for one thing, as we had mentioned, right, finding volunteers is a very difficult thing. And when you run an organization where there's no other incentive for people to give their time and their effort outside of just them having a natural inclination to doing that, you pretty much are in a position where you can't actually assign tasks to people that they don't want to do. So we had a few people that we approached to be judges 
and to help us organize the event that basically disappeared. So, so the last day of the event, we had actually had to reassemble our entire judge panel because we were missing over half of the original judge panel that we. Oh my god! <laughs> a lot of fun. I, I was basically in a room with Vincent, and I was going through my entire contact list on my phone and he was going through his entire contact list on his phone. And we were just calling everybody we knew that was remotely qualified. And thankfully we did find enough people to rebuild that panel. But then the other thing that was really terrible that happened, and this has never happened at any of our other events, but like some dude came to the event and then stole our photographer's camera equipment. What? Yeah. He stole our photographer's camera equipment. Like it was almost like three or four grand worth of equipment. Yeah. And, and so we have pictures of this person and, and we were involved with the police, you know, doing the reporting. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> but we had never put on an event that was big enough where I guess we had to think about these types of considerations. And this dude straight up showed up and just as soon as the photographer wasn't keeping an eye on his equipment, he just straight up jacked it and ran down the street. And Vincent and I were just kind of blown away by that whole prospect because, again, it's it's not the kind of thing we we would expect from anyone <laughs> that comes to our events. And, and obviously, That's insane. Yeah, yeah we can't say gonna... our other events because it, it's never happened literally anywhere else. We never have problems. This is the only time we've ever had a problem. Did he? Did they find the guy at all, or completely? I don't know actually. I, oh, I don't, gosh. I don't, I don't think they did, but at least the the place that we hosted at, the startup incubator in town, mm-hmm. runs BS Cognition, so they will actually run AI on their on their camera systems, and they'll they'll they have them blacklisted, so like it'll literally pop up in the feeds and send a, like a SMS notification if he's on premise. <laughs> but, That's crazy. You, but, you should yeah. host host another event there to catch him. Maybe he tries to do it again. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, so that, that was that was probably the most ridiculous and unfortunate thing that happened at TEDHack. But outside of that, everyone else had an absolute blast. We, we've got a number of videos and blog posts and things that we put up on our site talking about kind of the retrospective of that. If you'd like to see hard numbers or if you want to look at the different pitches that, that happened at TEDHack. So all of those are recorded and uploaded individually in a playlist on YouTube. So yeah, yeah, it's just been it was an awesome event. What anything to add there, Vincent? No, no, no it, it was an awesome event. We had people drive all the way from like Orlando and UCF and like uh, like 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 teams from just all over Florida, basically. Yeah, we had all, came team all the way over from UCF. It was amazing. Uh, oh yeah, a couple teams actually just of UCF students, which mm-hmm. I'm biased, obviously. Go nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So nice. that, I, think, I think that was pretty much it. I was just going to add, like, yeah, it, it, it was a phenomenal event. It was our very first hackathon. I wasn't sure what the expectancy of people t- turning up would be. You know, we had, like, over 120 people, 12 teams compete, and it, it was, like, packed. And I wasn't sure if, like, some teams would just, like, have no idea and any conceptual knowledge of coding. So I was, like, oh, I was kind of, like, worried, like, what if no one here knows how to code? <laughs> what if no one here has any hackathon experience? But luckily... We had people here that actually had competing hackathons and were like were able to kind of like guide and mentor other people that were students or learning for the first time or effectively second career transistors to learning how to do HTML and CSS. So it was a good turnout. We had a lot of amazing projects built in that time. That 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 whole robbery incident was like the only hiccup. We were kind of like slammed back and forth for almost six months playing this thing out. Cause uh 
amount of advertisement needed. We were even talking to like different like channels for for news and media publication. And we reached out to like I think like ten or fifteen reporter like news reporters, and none of them showed up. <laughs> oh man, that sucks. <laughs> we spent literally but- literally weeks doing that, like getting PR and press and. I don't know. It was kind of irritating. <laughs> but you know what? You know what's awesome, dude? Like literally, Tad Hacks was one of the first hackathons me and you did together. So oh, just yeah, yeah. from going from us just attending it. And you know what we did in Orlando? We probably got like maybe like 15, 20 people show up. Like uh-huh. basically from going like to like that, for you actually hosting it and running it and getting like 120 people, dude, that is insane. Oh yeah, it was like full yeah. circle. It's like it's like that was like what that was like my mer- most memorable first hackathon because like that's where you and I kind of got to know each other, me and New German. Yeah. And then now we're going full circle and we're hosting it now. <laughs> or we hosted it last year, so it's like it's like crazy to see like that whole like like you're in the beginning and now you're hosting. <laughs> it's for people that are in your position now, or like like the new Vincents and the new Charltons, and you're shepherding the way <laughs> for them. <laughs> People actually come up to me and tell me that they they still hang out with and keep in touch with their group from the hackathon, right? Like that they actually, outside of just doing the work at the hackathon, they they formed real friendships and now have like a circle of developer friends that's carried forward. And I'm just like, like wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that, that mm-hmm. does happen. It's it's really nice to see that happen. That's awesome. We're an example. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. The, the most, my most memorable moment from you in the first hackathon was you like talking to this one dude for like a whole day, telling him we're gonna use his API, and then we didn't use his API. <laughs> I was, like, so excited! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I was trying to figure out the logistics of the API. Then, like, I think it was like Garrett or you, or it's like, oh, we already got a different API. We don't have time. Let's just let's just put in the slides that we thought about it. <laughs> Yeah, he, he had this dude like researching his own API, like trying to figure out how to help us for like a whole day, like taking all his attention. And then we didn't use this API. It was just funny. Agile development. Oh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that was fun because that, that also happened in our hackathon where all these students were asking, wait, I can't get this like the specific telecom API to work. What do I do? And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Just. Just use Twilio or something. <laughs> no, dude. The, the, the APIs for this year were complicated because I, I did I did it too. Me and Hunter did uh, did the brain like the one with the brainwave thing, uh, mm-hmm. and the APIs were complicated this year or last oh, year. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of a pain to, pain to use, but it was a, it was a nice I'm experience. About what we're planning for next year with Bayhacks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I haven't told German oh. yet. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I guess I, actually run another hackathon. Yeah, yeah, we're we're doing another hackathon. It, well, it's it's more or less going to be the same thing, but we're going to be um, branding it locally, so it's going to be like Tampa's premier hackathon because they don't yeah. really have a hackathon in Tampa, actually, yeah. or besides besides student based hackathons. The, yeah, yeah. all that in house. Yeah, yeah, and also Tampa is one of the fastest growing tech cities too, so it's just it just makes sense for us to be the pioneer because we have the community as well, and we also have the know how because we both have experience running and competing hackathons and so we were just designing the logo iterations and we're also working with like the hillsborough community county like the city the city county and they're gonna give us like a we have to do a grant process to like ask for sponsor donations from them effectively and they'll one-to-one match us up to ten thousand dollars yeah so it'll be a huge help expand the budget from where we were last year and, and hopefully put on an even larger event this year which is super exciting so Definitely, we'll invest that into like a bigger venue and kind of better amenities for the people that are actually. And a actually, security guard. Huh? A security guard. And a, and a security guard. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> uh, 
you're, um, you'll be probably. particular about the registration part. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. When are, are you guys planning on having this event? Like around what season? I know it's still pretty, probably still pretty far out. Probably late, 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 late September. Late September? Awesome. I'll definitely be there for that. It would be an honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, we were talking originally when we were playing the hackathon. We were trying to work with like USF because that was like the biggest university there. And we we're walking with the club chapters, and it's like, "Hey, can you give us like a charter bus to like drive from USF to the venue?" And I'm like, "I don't." <laughs> you remember that, Charlton? Yeah, yeah. Like, Wait, they, they wanted you guys to get them a bus. Guys, events like this sometimes people, I guess think magically and they, they think that you're made of money or something and, and vincent and i are just like no <laughs> five thousand dollars of our own money just to like i i bought like a thousand dollars worth of like pizza and chinese food i've never that i've probably spent like you know a fraction of that much money on that food up to that point in my life you know <laughs> It was it was just crazy, and, and we had to get banners and all this stuff made. It's like we don't have the money to go get you a charter bus, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Uber, like carpool or something. Man, like, I can't oh help you. That's a pretty bold request, man. It's <laughs> like can we get a charter bus? <laughs> I don't know, students. Students like just like we could ask for anything. I mean, yeah, they're made of money, you know. Um, like, they, not, we're not Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, sweet. All right, I have to ask this question because I know I know we I know Vincent. We asked this question to uh, Jock and Brian, uh-huh. uh, which is regarding Slack channels. Uh-huh. How has managing the Slack been for you guys? Have you guys ran into like any shenanigans and stuff? Oh, Do you want to take it over? You can talk about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I have some stories about the Slack. So, it, it like with anything. So, we we pride ourselves on keeping the Slack very open. We've had an incredible pace of growth for the Slack over the past, even just the past few months. I mean, we something like doubled in size or something. Mm-hmm. And so the growth has been fantastic, but obviously along with that, you're going to get some people that are trying to be sketchy and you're going to get some people that are trolls. Right. And so anytime, like we, we just reiterate to our members, anytime someone's doing something in the Slack that doesn't seem quite right, just let us know and we'll look at what they did. And if it's bannable behavior, then we'll ban them. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's very straightforward. We also, we manage some of the spam from recruiters and things. So we have like a job board that goes into the Slack. So instead of recruiters coming in and like bothering everybody in channels and in DMs, like there's a dedicated place for them to go and they're kind of quarantined, but they still get their message in. So that's nice. But then sometimes you have people that do flame wars in the Slack. And that's so it's difficult for us because this our Slack is on the free plan. Yeah. So there's a lot of moderation tools and things that would be quite helpful. Like, for example, it'd, it'd be great if I could just lock a channel for a 24-hour period so no one can post new messages in there. But unfortunately, you know, in our current situation, we can't. So when people just start going off, there's basically not much that I can do. And and that's that's a bit of an issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's always hard knowing when to actually intervene and what to do. Yeah. I don't I don't mind intervening because at the end of the day, it's like, you're texting in Slack. It's it's really not the end of the world. I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people place more importance on that than than is actually necessary. But it's like if I go in and people are having a toxic discussion, like me personally, I have no issue with just wiping all of that out. Like I'll delete messages. I really don't care. 
And the people that I've spoken to that see that and like watch me moderate it generally are very supportive because it's mm-hmm. like that that's the thing in my view. It's like when you have toxic messages, it's kind of like when you're in a clean room and then there's like a mess in the corner. You know what I mean? It's like the mess can be off in the corner, but it's still like you can smell it. You know, it's like people can see it. It kind of brings down the entire quality of the space overall. And so, you know, for me, it's like I'd, I'd prefer that people just sort of stay cordial and, and kind and positive and that we just kind of quash negativity when it, when it arises because it's not the culture that we want. And it, it's reflected poorly on us. Like we've had where like a flame war happened in one of the Slack channels and I've had people talk to me. It's like, I can't believe your group is like this. And I, I have to make apologies basically for people that are, are spurring a flame war that we're not even backing, you know. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry this is happening, but I, I'm limited in what I can do. You know, I don't have the moderation tools and stuff at the moment. So, so yeah, it, it's, it's a bit of a mess. But again, the, we're very much a, an in-person first meetup. That's the core of our community. And, and the Slack isn't important, but it's, it's not the end-all be-all piece of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's always fun to talk about what happens on Slack, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Because as long as you guys don't get a politics channel, you'll be fine. Yeah, no, no plans for that or like any channels for things that are inherently very controversial. Yeah, although or, or I, things that are really like kind of adjacent to scammy stuff. So like we we don't typically you know promote any kind of like cryptocurrency stuff just because that's a whole can of worms. It's like we'll we'll avoid things like that where it's like it could go down a really negative tangent very easily. Oh, definitely. Well, yeah, no. Well, anyways, since you guys are talking about Slack channels, I just want to promote one of your Tampa Dev Slack channels that I like. It's just called Bird Watching. It was Bird Watching. Watching. <laughs> 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 like last week. Uh, really? no, I, was just, I was just curious because I saw it. I'm like, huh, it's only one member though. I'm curious to know why Dance has the most members. Oh, I made, I made, oh, oh, sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll comment on that. Oh, regarding like the Web three stuff, sometimes we just have to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to be political, and we have to be like, okay, we have we can't really play favorites or any side. So it's like, you know, we still want to work through with someone that is in that in that that space, but like we have a we have a boundary where we don't cross essentially because it is a can of worms potential if you go down that route. But regarding regarding the dance channel, though, you know. I, I forgot to mention like the start of Tampa devs. I think I mentioned in the previous episode where it's like when I first moved to town, I didn't, you know, the community here was kind of like much more enterprising, much older. And I had to go make my own friends here in the tech space. And then I met one of my good friends, Jonah, and then he introduced me to dancing. And then I found out that like, oh my God, there's actually so many people here that are actual dancers. Right. From there, it just like became this whole like thing where I was like meeting with people one-on-one that we're dancers and we're talking about tech, we're talking about career development, software development, front end development, whatever. And so that's kind of like a big cultural identity as part of the community. And so it is a default channel, even though nobody really posts there necessarily. <laughs> but it, it, it's, part, it's part of that. It's part of that culture of like, this is a fun fact about Tampa devs. We started as a, as a bunch of dancers that were in tech and we made the group public and if you think about it, Tampa does is just a group of tech friends who dance that went public. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. <laughs> and they're all looking to grow together. And, and yeah, um, I, I, I think, do you have anything else to add on there, Charlton? The dancing? No, I, I think you summed it up pretty well. 
Right, that's awesome, guys. So yeah, we talked about a lot of things like about the journey with Tampa Devs, the challenges you guys face, the hackathon, the reason why you guys do it. I had a little bit of fun talking about Slack and all the shenanigans that go on in there. Uh, is anyone ready for the cert time? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah actually, I don't think. Do we explain to Charlton what the cert time is? I don't believe we did. Yeah, I, I know. I know what dessert time is, and I am ready to talk. Uh, well, you, you, you want to explain it? it? You yeah, he's going to the transition. Office? Yeah, he was, he was supposed to say, I don't know, so I can explain. I don't know. What is dessert time? <laughs> you want to explain it? <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm joking. We're just joking. Um, anyways, yeah, so, yeah, dessert time is like a little block section for us where we get to kind of talk about what's going on in our lives, basically, what's going on, whether it's sweet or sour, just kind of like a little top off for these, for the podcast episode. So, uh, Vincent, what has been going on, on in your life? So let's see what's going on in my life. Well, I have a, a girlfriend and she is from Venezuela. And we've been dating for about seven, seven, eight months now. And, and, and you know, part of like the whole relationship building process, I don't know, kind of learn. I've been wanting to learn Spanish for a long time. And so that way I can like talk to her in Spanish and, you know, it, it would just be a fun way to communicate. And I could just build a better culture dynamic with her. So I've been learning and... It's been a challenge, honestly, because I I don't I haven't really learned a language like an actual physical, not like a computer programming language, but like an actual language language. And so I've been going down this rabbit hole of like, hey, what's the best way to learn? What's an easy like what tools are out there? And I've been using Duolingo, like like to like a like a like an Android app or iOS app, and like you know you go through the the lessons and, and you go through it's like hey fill in the blanks, talk and practice, do like almost like Anki level like like the, the, the space repetition cards, it's got like stuff like that built in to help you like memorize new words. And so that's been like an experience. I'm also trying to like schedule some tutoring time with like a tutoring service. So I can meet with them one-on-one and like practice on a zoom call with people just from like different parts of South, South America. And I've been also watching a lot of like a lot of TV in Spanish with English subtitles or a TV in English audio with Spanish subtitles. So like one or the other, so I could just like pick up the vocabulary easier passively. And it's been quite, it's been quite an experience. I've been like on my 44th day of doing Duolingo slash learning Spanish every day. It's kind of like what I'm trying to do. That's like my goal this year is like learn Spanish or one of my goals and also like house shopping and some other stuff, but, but, but Spanish is one of them. And I know you, you think you speak fluent Spanish, right? You're, yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask you, like, how 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 far have you got in the world? I could say, like, Vincent Hombre. <laughs> Wait, that's 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 all you need. Though. That's all you need. Just the first one. Mucho gusto and uh, adio, adios. And then my girlfriend will like, we'll just we'll do the cute version because we're watching Naruto and mm-hmm. I'm watching in Spanish. And then Naruto will say like, adiosita. Which is like a cuter version of saying adios, which is goodbye. So there's yeah. like all this like slang that I'm learning too along the way. It's just adding dim- diminutives to it. So like saying like adios, it is like it is like adding like this. I like said diminutive. That's cool though. So you yeah, just have to learn how to, all you need is say my name is Vincent and where's the restroom. That's it. That's uh, all you need. Uh, uh, Donde estás el baño, porfi? El baño. Yeah, that, that, that yeah that, that's me. Sweet. How about you, Charlton? What's going on in your life that you want to share with us in the world? Sure. Yeah. So I'll, I'll keep this on the tech bent. So I just, with a couple of my colleagues, shipped our first game. It's called Ibis AM. It's pretty cool. It's on Steam and Itch right now. 
I did a lot of the work around the DevOps setup for you know building and shipping the game in the cloud with GitHub Actions. And I'm actually going to be doing a talk at Orlando Code Camp at the end of March, all about how you know I used GitHub Actions for that purpose and, and what Actions is and how it can do these types of things. Aside from that, I've been getting really into Ruby over the course of the past year. I love Ruby. It's a great language. I have built my own programming language, like a toy language interpreter in Ruby. And I've also been following, there's this delightful series by this guy named Kevin Newton, who contributes to Ruby Core, that's all about the Ruby virtual machine, specifically YARV, which is part of CRuby. It's super interesting. If you want to learn about how language runtimes work and and how to build your own kind of stack-based virtual machine for that type of purpose, it's cool. Nice. So does Ruby, it's like similar to Python where there's like different implementation of it, implementations of it? Yeah, yeah. So you've got things that uh, like C Ruby is kind of the canonical Ruby implementation mm-hmm. that's built in C, but you also have things that run on the JVM. Of course. On, on GraalVM, which is on top of the JVM. So if you look at things like uh, JRuby or Truffle Ruby, you know, there, there are a variety of different Ruby implementations and that's kind of part of an issue. So th- there's a movement in the Ruby community to build a standard parsing library for Ruby because that actually does not exist. And so that's one of the big problems for people that maintain other Ruby implementations. They basically literally have to watch the main like C Ruby repository and see if there are any commits that change the file that defines the grammar of Ruby and then like duplicate the work to re-implement that themselves instead of just, you know, pulling in like, Here's like a Ruby package that'll like parse it and, and give you an AST or something. Gotcha. You're just basically having like a with a proper language spec. Well, the, so, yeah. I mean, the, the, there's a specification. It's just more like implementing the the language per the specification is is a bit of a more difficult process. The way things are currently set up, it's not yeah. super reusable. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Anything else? What about you, Charlie? Oh, dude. Life is just getting busier and busier for me. So yeah, I don't think I've actually shared this with, shared this like with a lot of people, but me and my wife are expecting our second child in June. Congratulations. So I'll have, Congratulations. Two two kids in June. So this one's a girl. So now I have a boy and a girl. So I can probably claim that I'm done at this point. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, she'll be born in June. So looking forward to figuring out how to handle that. I have no idea how life with a toddler and a newborn is going to be. I'm I just I'm pretty sure that sleep will be a very scarce scarce for like a few months, but We'll get by. That's good to hear. Have you what what have you given her a name yet? Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be Anna Sophia. Anna Sophia. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool name. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to looking forward to how that's going to be. Just life is just getting busier all the time, man. But it's fun. Yeah, we'll wrap. We are wrapping up this episode. We're looking forward to seeing you guys next. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it, German. Yeah. Thanks for having. Th- thanks for sharing some of your time with us, Charlton. Peace. Thanks for dining with us on Code Chefs. We hope we satisfied your hunger. For show notes and more insider info on today's topic, visit our website at www.codechefs.dev. Plus, follow us on Twitter at CodeChefsDev. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and join us back here for the next one. Uh, Check, please.